welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, um, the actual temptation of Sam out of time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And today we're talking about Minute 183, which starts with Sam um, and Frodo looking at each other, and Sam stands up and takes the ring out of his pocket. Um, and it ends with Frodo saying, you must understand, and the... <laughs> gets, gets, gets cut, cut off. off. Yeah. We'll get the rest of that line tomorrow, yeah. So, yesterday, I I talked about how they changed the dialogue in the scene. They re, re-recorded it in ADR because they did it with a much more uh, direct tone of Frodo kind of demanding the ring like an addict. And it was a much shorter cut of the scene. Mm-hmm. They they kind of sneakily reuse some footage of Sean Astin in this scene, where there's there's a there's a moment where he kind of steps back with the ring and makes this expression on his face, and then later on in the minute, you see the expression again at a more zoomed in angle on the camera, mm. like they reuse the same shot but just cut around it differently. Interesting. It's it is interesting to extend the scene to match up with some of the new new dialogue that they recorded when mouths weren't moving in the scene when they right. filmed it. Right. So they extended the scene, they they messed with the music cue. I'm not seeing where that's happening. That's what it looks like to me. It looks to me like it's just like a slightly more in thing. Yeah. He makes the same expression on his face twice in the scene. And to me it just looks like it's a thing in the editing where they they extended some footage of him of recoiling. Him re- re- yeah, like reacting. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I I um I'm not I'm not looking at it like frame by frame. I have a hard time looking uh comparing things when they're not like, right in front when of me. When they're not side by side yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's exactly the same take, but it looks very similar, similar. but just like a different angle on the camera. Yeah. Or like a different or, or just zoomed in differently. So it looks so close to me that it almost looks like it could have been the same thing. They just zoomed in and cut it mm. to make it make it slightly look a little different. Some people might not catch it. But yeah, they extended this scene a little bit. They changed the they didn't change any of the lines. They added a couple and they re they re-recorded the lines to give it a different, more tense tone. Yeah. And that's fine because ultimately Sam doesn't fight with Frodo over the ring. For one, he just kind of hesitates giving it back to him. Mm-hmm. And you can still read the scene as the ring more pushing on Frodo than Sam, yeah. I think. Yeah. So it works. There's a there's an interesting tension here. I never really took this in previous viewings as Sam being tempted by the ring more than Sam being hesitant to return it to Frodo because of how Frodo initially reacts to seeing it again. I think because, like... When we were talking about it on what Friday, mm. I um well that was Friday, right? About the temptation of Sam. Yeah, it was either Thursday or Friday. Yeah, it was the end of last week. Um, I straight up forgot that this happened. Um, and I think it is effective. I don't know. I kind of read it, um, viewing this now as both. As um, both. like that's Sam, what they're going for. Yeah, Sam being hesitant, like he um. He when he when he's acting with his hands, it kind of reminds me of um when when Bilbo is trying to like struggle with 
handing over the ring to Gandalf in yeah. Fellowship. Yeah. Um, and I like that. Um, I think because the um, the music cue too, and and the the sound effect of the ring whispering is so loud. I think it's intended to be that like it's it's talking to both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. It does like to incite violence. Yeah, less violence, though. I think it's playing, um, I think it's preying on Sam's concern for Frodo. Mm. Um, and that's the way that it is tempting him. Like, you should keep it because you want to keep Frodo safe. So you give it back to him. He'll be, if you give me back to him, he'll be lost to me forever. Right, yeah. And I think that's the angle that's, that, that they're focusing on here. Um, that makes sense. Which isn't something that comes up in the book. Right. Um, but I I like the nuance of because it's like it's like the that that saying like the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah, yeah. Like like it is um and like it it's also it reminds me a bit of of an, we always talk about Boromir, but yeah. um like Boromir wanting to use it for good. Yeah. It's um, also a, it's also uh, slightly reminiscent of the scene on, on Caradhras, mm. where Boromir's kind of looking is, at it, is looking at the ring and yeah. hesitant about passing it over. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, does so. Yeah. So there's there's that little bit of an element to it too. I think that the kind of um, not really violent but aggressive way that Frodo snatches it can can be read as still some of that ring created possessiveness. Oh yeah, absolutely. I um I think it definitely reads like um he is like craving it. Yeah. And like when the way that he um like all the tension um that he's holding in his body like kind of leaves as soon as he like puts the ring back on. Um, yeah, I think the 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 framing of him putting the ring back on is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, because it's um, it's like a weight, but it's like a relief. Yeah, it's he's giving into his vice, like that's yes, the yeah. that's the body language yeah, he has. Yeah, which is much more of the of the the scene in total that they had filmed. So it makes sense that his body language looks more like that. Mm-hmm. But they had them redub the lines to change the performance in the lines. To, to give it more tension. And Sean and Elijah in the commentary both talk about thinking that this scene plays better with more tension between the two of them. Yeah. Instead of just Sam revealing the ring and Frodo immediately taking it back. No, I agree with that because, like, we have... It's, um... It it just kind of undermines... Not undermines, but, like, it sweeps the feet out of uh, underneath the the really cool, like, hero moment we just got. And they're like, yeah, Sam and Frodo are together. And then, like, there's this immediate conflict. Yeah. It, it's good. I think it's effective. I like this scene a lot. Yeah. Um, I talked about yesterday that they, they kind of mentioned that Sam had used the ring in the book and that I couldn't really remember where. Well, I went and looked. Okay. So, in the, in the book, Sam uses the ring twice. Okay. Once outside of Kirithungal trying to follow the orcs in where Frodo is, and then they slam the door shut and he walks into it while wearing the ring invisible and gets knocked out and doesn't know how long he's unconscious and wakes up later. After all the orcs are dead. And then he uses the ring again to sneak around Kirithungal invisible. Hmm. So he uses the ring twice in this immediate era, er, area 
in Mordor. Yeah. In the book. Which, uh, outside of the way that they just... If they hadn't decided to adapt the Eye of Sauron and the presence of the ring near Sauron so dramatically in the movie, it'd be fine because that's not really the way it's framed in the book at all. Mm-hmm. Not in, except in like really specific cases because the, the ring isn't, isn't framed exactly as a beacon for Sauron's, uh, Sauron's, uh, perception in the book yeah. in this way. Yeah. That was a choice for the movie. Yeah. But it all, but it, it gives the ring actual dramatic weight. As opposed to just a thing they're carrying around and conscious of other people finding out about. Yeah. So you couldn't do that in the movie because it would just steal all of the all of the tension out of the ring as an object to be feared. And as like a like the villain. Right. Exactly. It would just it would just rob the ring of all the tension. Yeah. So they and because of other things that they had changed about the framing of the ring, they just they they couldn't do it because of that reason. It would just steal all the tension. It works in the context of the book because the ring is portrayed as just its own kind of force trying to get you to actually just go back to Sauron through making yeah, bad decisions. I, I think the ring in the book is much more passive. Yeah. Like it tries to manipulate you through bad decisions and ultimately trying to guide its way back to Mordor, mm-hmm. but it's not it, it's not a beeper. It's not <laughs> It's not actively... Wow, you're aging yourself, man. <laughs> I mean, beavers didn't even exist when Tolkien wrote the thing. No, I know. It's not a, it's not a beacon. It's they not... don't exist anymore. <laughs> I mean, I guess not. Yeah, I think I think that beepers do still technically exist, and there are people that use them, but I don't know why anyone would mm. just, oh, I got a message on my beeper. I need to find a phone. <laughs> okay but the i just totally lost my point yeah, it's not Sorry. A, it's, it's, it's not, not a beacon. beacon it's not something it's not something that's going to get sauron's attention actively it tries to get its carrier to do the deed rather than call something else to it yeah, yeah. so it's just it, it's just an opposite effect but i i like the ring as it exists in the movies because it makes it more dangerous yeah it means that someone with a particularly strong will, even if they can, if they continue to use it, will eventually be found. Right, because it has a will of its own instead of just being like a missing piece of Sauron. But it calls to him. It, it's something that he he can perceive. Yeah, when its yeah, power is yeah. being used. But in the in the book, it's not really framed like that. It's just framed as a dangerous object that slowly corrupts you and will bring you to Sauron. Right. Yeah. So these two things are are very different in in theme. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and the the temptation of Sam here, like what you just drop in the whole flash of the temptation of Sam into the into the middle of no, the scene. no, you can't. I you can't do stuff you like can't, that. You can't. You can't do it. Not not if it's going to be more than like a ten second flashback thing. Right. You, you like that's fine in small doses. You can't do that constantly. Does it ever drive you crazy whenever you're watching something and there's a flashback inside of a flashback? Have you ever seen that? Oh no, that's just sloppy. Like, I've seen that in stuff before, and it's just like, oh, why? Why would you do this? That's like some Inception levels of, of nonsense. Why would you? No, that's that's confusing. Just a flashback inside of a flashback. Yeah. Or a dream inside of a dream. Yeah. Or a dream inside of a flashback. I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> Flashback inside of a dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'd, that's that's dumb. Yeah. No, flashbacks inside of flashbacks. Is, Why would you do that? I can't think of a specific example. I just know it's something I've seen before. Probably on, like, bad drama television or mm. something. 
or in some terrible anime from the 2000s. I was yeah, my first thought or, was like, what anime have you Or even been a watching? kid's cartoon. <laughs> like I can see that in a kid's cartoon. I don't know. Which is like flashback inside of a flashback. How far can you go before it just loses all meaning? Boom! The like freaking inception yeah. noise. <laughs> just outside of you, there's a there's a tidal wave coming. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this. Uh... I think it works here. Yeah, I. Though I still stand by what I said last week. Like, I don't know. I. I think in this. As this adaptation exists, um, there isn't a way to kind of smoothly just plop that in. Yeah, because so, you're you you lose some of the tension of the reunion. Yeah, yeah. So I I think that this works for um what the movie's got going on. Yeah, and then um, it's a really good piece of of um like acting without really. I don't know, their expressions are both very um, interesting to watch. Right, because Sam's is, because originally when they were acting the scene, Sean Astin's reaction is supposed to be one of kind of uh, fear, Mm -hmm. based on Frodo's insistence on getting the ring back, Mm -hmm. as opposed to kind of with the, the music cue and the way they've kind of stretched out his reaction across this scene, it gives it a totally different kind of emotive feel yeah it's it's really interesting what they what they were able to do just by adding a music cue and and changing the pacing of those shots Mm -hmm. and adding some more dialogue yeah when yeah some more dialogue from uh i think it's most it's from frodo when sam is looking at him you can't see frodo's face that makes sense so it's kind of cool in that way that they're able to change so much of the feel of the scene without actually reshooting any of the actors Mm -hmm. that's just cool it is good on you editing team (laughs) but yeah i i think this is a really interesting scene i think it's a it's an interesting illustration of some of the background work that happens on movies that you probably would never ever notice without being told yeah for sure especially because the the voice dubbing in this scene is is good i i couldn't re- I, I can't spot any inconsistencies in the dubbing. I also but, think it helps that like we're not looking at Frodo the whole time. Like it's cutting between them. Sam's not really talking. You hear Frodo talking to Sam and yeah. Sam reacting to it. So that I mean, that's easy to ADR. You just slap the track onto the <laughs> Yeah, you just need to make sure <laughs> You don't that have to line it up with his performance or anything. You just gotta make sure that uh any dialogue that would run into when you have to cut back for the other dialogue, it feels like a natural conversational flow yeah which they do here and i mean there are other places in the movie in these movies across all three or more you can point out inconsistencies in the dubbing compared to how people's mouths are moving yeah sure we've talked about those like especially at the beginning of fellowship that's probably the most obvious place in the whole trilogy (laughs) the gandalf yeah in bag end yeah yeah just gandalf mumbling in general just tends to do this mumbly dialogue it's just it's hard to to make it look like it's what was being mumbled on the day. Right, right. Do, do you remember how you were making odd, mumbly, whispery noises? No? Just do something. <laughs> Anything. I mean, it's pretty much all I have to talk about in this minute. I think yeah. it's really... I just think it's a really cool thing. It is. And there's a little bit more to their decided change of the tone for what leads in leads through tomorrow. The mm-hmm. beginning of tomorrow's minute. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like I like the um I like that they're reunited, but there's immediate conflict. Um like it doesn't really give us time to breathe. You know, they don't they don't call it out specifically, but I wonder if they have a note if they had like a note somewhere when they were doing script writing or just like thinking about how the movie was going to be edited of just like every so many minutes you need to see the ring. Oh, I'm not sure. Because it definitely feels like there's kind of a regular rise and fall of the ring in and out of the story. Mm-hmm. And it'd be interesting to track to see if there's a pattern to it or a close approximation of every 30 minutes or every 35 minutes or something. You keep saying this like, you know, such it's and a such, lot of work. such and such would be interesting to track and, and all that. But like, it's very hard to do so. Come on, man. Like, come on. It's just one of those things. Don't. That, it's just one of those things. Just, don't make us redo the podcast. It's just one of those things in the back of my mind. Like, how long has it been since the last time we saw the ring? Yeah. Well, I mean. It's been about six weeks. Uh, more than, I think. Right? It's been about 30 minutes since she loved. A little bit longer. Um, Sam, we don't see Sam take the ring from Frodo. So it's been longer. Oh, that's true. It's probably it's been, been like about. like an hour. Do we see the ring around? Do we see the ring around Frodo's neck at any point during a struggle with Sheila? I I don't know if we do. Think so. You see the chain for sure. Yeah. So I, I wonder about stuff like that. I wonder if they had any notes about how often they wanted to show the ring, or at least hear the ring theme. Mm. I do like the music here too. It's it's unsettling. Yeah, and it's it's not quite the ring theme. No. But it's like it's um it's a weird it's a weird kind of music that's reminiscent of it. It's it's just like it's like higher pitched um I don't know. It's kind of like distorted. Yeah. Um that's why I think it's um working on both of them mm. because of how um like the music calls attention to itself. Yeah. So it's like trying to, instead of, you know, just kind of blending into the background. So I think it's trying to say something with it. Yeah. What's cool about music when it comes to the ring and cues like that is because the ring is this hyper magical sentient object. It's it's almost excusable to think that the music is like somewhat, what's the term? Uh, Diegetic? Is that the term? Oh, when it's um, it's coming from in the scene. Yeah. I think so. I think that that sounds correct. Because I think it's diegetic is inside the the work and exegetic is outside the work. Oh, okay. I think those are the two terms. I've never heard exegetic before, but diegetic sounds correct. I, be- I believe those are the two words for it. So because this is like a hyper magical artifact with its own mind, uh-huh. you can almost uh, imagine that the music is a representation to us as an audience of the power this thing has. So it feels kind of diegetic, especially when it's center frame. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, it's a cool, I don't, I don't want to say like trick of the movie, but that's almost kind of like what I mean. This is an interesting thing about it. I think it's cool. That is really cool. I hadn't thought about it, the score in that context before, but now I'm just picturing the ring being like this tiny little boombox of evil and like, (laughs) it just plays the, it just plays the creepy music whenever... (laughs) It's been a spaceship. It's been a boombox. <laughs> Whenever Frodo's like turning it over, and like you can just hear the music. <laughs> it's just the ring theme playing. It's yeah. so funny. It's kind of like the whispery thing happening too. Yeah. Whispery action. Right, like the whispers definitely feel like they would be coming from inside the the scene. 
Like the ring actively whispers to people. But not out loud. Like To them. It's meant to be like an internal thing. Right. But it makes so it... in that way, I don't believe it would be technically diagenic because it's not coming from anywhere like in their surroundings. It's coming from like within. Well, it's, it, technically its source would still be in the surroundings, I guess. But yeah, it's not out loud, but you're the, the perspective of this scene, it feels like you're looking from Frodo's eyes at Sam a little bit. Mm. So it's kind of a cool thing. I like to, I don't know, I like to think about the 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 sum the sum total of of these scenes sometimes in uh in completely metatextual terms yeah i mean what else are we here for right exactly <laughs> so if you if you try to peel it apart to make everything you're seeing and hearing make sense with inside the scene yeah makes sense to me yeah um so we're from the website duelinggenre.com check us out there check out some of the other dueling genre movies by minutes podcasts you know them you love them well you will love them if you listen to them. You love um, to hear it. <laughs> oh boy! Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about Return of the King. Bye. Bye.